Hey gang, welcome to the Texture Lounge, episode number one. And today we have the lovely Deborah Cartwright on the line. First of all, thank you so much for being the first Texture Lounge muse. I can't tell you how excited I am about that. (laughs) I discovered you on Instagram perhaps about in 2015. So a good sort of two years ago now, I would say. I completely fell in love with the style of women that you were portraying in your watercolor um, illustrations. Thank you. And I think... One of the main reasons was because of the hair. <laughs> Again, it, it just draws back to this ethereal visual that really celebrated the modern day woman with beautiful textured hair. Now, I bought three of your paintings on the spot. Oh. This was when I was back in London. Wow. Thank you. And I have to say that in preparation for this interview, I dug out the handwritten card that was part of the, the package. Yes. And I found it. And I have to read it to you. Wow. Okay. Yes. <laughs> It says, dear Tumi, thank you so much for your kind words all the way in the UK, exclamation mark, question mark, (laughs) made my day. Can't wait to get back out there. Please enjoy my favorite illustrations, red dress, pink in Paris and done. Love, Deb. And that was in February 2015. Oh my gosh. Your brand at that time was beginning kisses, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Okay, so, and obviously you've now changed your brand now to your actual name, being Deborah Cartwright. Yeah, I did. Before we get into the questions, just wanted to let everybody know, um, anyone that will be listening uh, into this podcast, a little synopsis about you. You are a phenomenal watercolor artist. You're known for your lifestyle and portrait work that celebrates the, the modern woman of color and the crown that is her textured hair. And you can go into that in more detail later. And your portfolio of clients include the likes of HBO, Insecure, McDonald's, Essence. And you were also recently featured on Forbes.com during Black History Month talking about the work that you did uh, with Twitter's Wall for a Cause mural series. Mm -hmm. So briefly describe what you do in a sentence, Deborah, if you can. In a sentence, I create the images that I want to see of the lifestyle that I aspire to have and aspire to embrace. Like, I paint myself a lot, and I paint um, women in natural hair. And it's just because I, I guess the one sentence would be, I paint the life I want to have. Got it. Awesome. Can you share with us your first memory of your earliest work? Oh, my goodness. As long as I can remember, I've been painting since I was, Maybe three. My my mom was very into being that anywhere we were and just started drawing something. So she was very uh, influential and supportive and put me in watercolor classes at age seven. And I've been, I, I can't, I, I think my first watercolor piece was a uh, still life at oh, age wow. seven. I remember that. I was in a class with like all adults on a Saturday. <laughs> I was in a class with like all older people and I was just, I loved it. And I I just have a very supportive mom. So one of the questions I was going to ask you was that particularly in your early days, I know you're sort of, you know, doing a a little bit, you're doing 
different types of work now, um, although still with the same running theme, you know, I would say that potentially your your signature illustration was of this um, woman with this iconic, beautiful, natural hair. And my question to you was going to be, who is she and why does her hair play such a pivotal role in your in your work? Well, I um, was actually, to be completely honest, I was struggling with embracing my texture when I first started creating these illustrations of women. Um, I worked in, I worked for magazines uh, since I got out of grad school and I just saw most, and I worked in the advertising department of magazines and most of the ads I was creating had long, straight hair. So I had a problem with slapping most beautiful or get this beautiful look or sleek, shiny hair on like ads and and going home and being told to embrace my natural self. It just, there was a disconnect for me. And I realized I was influenced by the images I was working around. And if I wanted to change that, I needed to surround myself with images. And it was different. Even like four years ago, it was different. the, the exposure of of natural hair and I, I yeah I really believe your sense of a lot of your sense of self is taken from the images you see around you so mm. I would go home and start creating this woman with natural hair um, living this life that was scary and fun and right. and fashionable and beautiful right we love her we absolutely <laughs> love her thank you so. Can you tell us about the moment or that moment when you discovered that you could be successful through your watercolor illustrations? When did that happen? It was more of a journey. And I, it's been remarkable how whenever I'm, I'm like about to, because it, it gets hard sometimes. It's a, it's a hard career. You have to be creative, yet be a business person. You have to create new material, but also, you know, get your next gig and do material for someone else. So it's, it's difficult. And there have been times where I've wanted to give up, but I feel like I'm on the right path. Because whenever that time comes, something comes up, a, a new project comes up. So I think that's why I've been able to go more confident. I get more confident as more projects come in. Um, but there's, there was never a moment mm. where I'm like, I can do this. Or it, it it hasn't been something I've sought out. It's been more. It's been very organic, and um, I'm very lucky for that. I think. So I understand that you're collaborating with HBO, um, the HBO show Insecure. Can you tell us more about that partnership? Well, I did it for the first season. Um, I'm not sure if I'm doing it the second season, but hopefully I am. Um, we're having okay. conversation. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so there was someone on the team, Team Epiphany, that does the advertising for Insecure, and they contacted me, and they wanted to do a social media campaign that's really boosting um, Insecure, and this is before I even knew anything about it. This is last summer, before the hype started, oh. and um, they were like, there's this new show coming out, there's pizza red, and I, I actually know... I. A lot of people I know know Issa Wright. So I was like, wow, she's, she has a show coming out. That's awesome. <laughs> like, I, she's in, like, right. a circle that I know um, through people. And I was like, of course I'd love, love to work with a show that she's on, not knowing how big it would get at all. 
at all. I had no idea. <laughs> and uh, they're like, all right, well, we're just going to sign a contract, send you the, we're going to send you the first season. And uh, we just need illustrations of every, we just need illustrations from every episode. And I said, okay, cool. So I sat down and I watched the season one Saturday and I was like, wow, this is so dope, but I just signed a contract that I can't share it with anybody. So I couldn't watch it with anybody. Um, So I was just kind of sitting there with myself, like this is cool dope joke that I can't (laughs) talk about, but it's coming guys. Um, And I just had to like watch it over and over and over so that I could get, you know, this illustration done. And Anyway, so I had to immerse myself by myself um, to create them. It was fun, but you just want to share things like that. And I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't. It's such a great show. And you watched it all on a Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, I, well, that was the first run. I was like, let me get a gist for... I mean, I, I probably watched every episode like three or four times because I was seeing which theme to paint. And then I would go back and be like, okay, which expressions do I want to paint? And yeah, so I probably watched every episode a bunch, but I did a quick run through and um, yeah, I just watched it all together. It was funny. Uh, and so when people were like, oh, I can't wait till next week or I can't, and I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it was very weird for me to have already seen it and, and um, trying to just keep quiet. It's hard, but it was fun. <laughs> great show it's a great show yeah it is totally so mm-hmm. how much of the work you do now is for yourself versus commissioned through brand collaborations Can you um, give us a sense? I would say I would say hopefully I would say 50 50 I think it is mm. I think it is 50 50 right now okay. um I, I do, yeah, I do a good amount for brands right now, which I do enjoy. Well, mainly because I enjoy marketing so uh. and, or advertising, and I was in that world um, for so long. So it's like, and I, it's not like I didn't enjoy my graphic design marketing. I just had a problem with what we were marketing. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I, I, I love collaborations. They're like just getting my own stamp up on on how people are perceiving something is really fun for me and are there days when you just do not feel like being creative oh for sure a lot of days I don't feel like being creative but thankfully since I'm running my own business and everything that's when I'm not creative that's the numbers and workout day (laughs) like there's always something to do so when I'm not creative I'm like all right well let me go through my books let me go through you know, my contracts, let me get all the stuff that I don't want to do when I feel like being creative. Let me go do that. And it's like, mm-hmm. when you are creative, that's like, to me, that's like, that's really rare is when I'm feeling like, let me just create all day. And, and, um, most of the time I look at it like a job, right? but, and I have to get these things done for, for collaborations and things. But when I have a creative like spark and I I just have to I drop everything I've missed like brunches I've missed dinners I've missed because I'm like I I got it I'm ready to create right now and I can't lose this right so yeah so when that hits I'm like but that's that's rare I think it's more rare for me to get a creative hit than it is for me to just 
um, not feel creative. I don't feel creative a lot. (laughs) And so apart from like, apart from like, you know, you just mentioned when you're not feeling creative, you kind of do some admin, you go through your contracts, et cetera. But can you share some best practices that kind of help motivate you? So rather than doing admin stuff, is there something that you go to, to, to pick you up? Oh yeah. I'm really motivated by social issues. So, um, and social awareness and, and being, I guess now it's being woke, but I was a history major. So I like that stuff. And, I'll go and read articles. I'll go read, um, I'll, I'll watch CNN. I'll, it's very uh, weird the way that I get my motivation, but um, I am very interested in history. I'll, I'll watch like historical documentaries a lot. I love historical documentaries. So those are ways that I get my, I, I go to the other side of my brain a little bit and then it brings me back and there's a spark. I don't get it, but when I say I'm not creative, doesn't mean I don't practice. So I know that every single day I need to do something with my paint so that I don't lose my skill. Because if I'm not, if I don't paint for like four days, um, I can tell Mm. or three days even, I can tell. And it takes me a while to get back to where I was. So interesting. I feel like every single day I need to paint something even if I'm just looking at a picture in a magazine and, and I want to copy it got it um just keep my skills up that's that's a really good tip it's like yeah. even though you are a professional at what you do and an expert in what you do by not practicing either a little something every day or not leaving it too long before you do the next piece it does have an effect on your work and the quality of work. So that's, that's a really good tip to give to the texture lounge uh, followers. It's, yeah, it definitely it, Just because you're not creative doesn't mean you can't practice. Exactly. Sure. Okay. So we live in this world where there are so many creatives and people who are becoming entrepreneurs, which I totally, you know, am a fan of. What would you say is the trick to staying inspired and keeping things fresh? Not comparing yourself, mm. um, I think, is a really big thing because everybody's really t- uh, delving into their own creativity. Um, I feel like it's hard to be like, you know, I'm not as good as this person, or I don't, you know, or I need to be just like this person. And I, I feel like in the creative sphere, there's nothing wrong with borrowing from people you admire. Right. Um, but kind of, in, by borrowing, I mean, like, giving credit. Um, yes. There was a lot of times in my in the beginning of my practice where I copied uh, illustrators that I absolutely loved, and I would tag them, and I would be like, this is a, a copy of so-and-so, this is his so-and-so, I love her work. Like, I would tag them because this is who I'm learning from. Right. And I don't feel like, yeah, I, I, I don't feel like uh, getting inspiration from other people is a bad thing, but there's a there's a point where you can feel inadequate because you're looking too much at what someone else is doing. So you just have to like always go back to sense of yourself and and know your base and like why you're doing that. I feel like that's the, at least for me, I always have to go back and be like, what what is the point of what I'm doing? 
And when I go back to that, um, which, which sometimes I completely forget why I'm doing it. So I have to <laughs> take myself back and, and then my work becomes much better once I know who I am and what I'm doing. But yes. Um, yeah. So borrow, but give credit. Borrow, but give credit. Yeah, and give yourself space from social media. Um, and don't compare yourself. Yeah, don't compare yourself. So look, Deborah, I've got to ask you, collaborations. Who is on your collaboration wish list right now? If you could pick anyone, any brand, any person, individual, who would you love to work with right now? And why? Uh, I think this would be an easy guess, which is so basic, but Solange. <laughs> Okay. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, why? It's obvious, but tell tell us why. <laughs> it is, um, because I think she's embodying what um, has been the uh, how do I say kind of different black person. I feel like growing up, we always had this perception of what is black, and the, those of us that didn't sit in that didn't feel that we were black, but we had to realize, and I don't think we realized that there's so many of us out there that didn't feel like we felt, um, fit in the role of being black, that it, it creates a whole movement in social media when we can connect. Yeah. And there's a whole group of other black people that are still black. You're just others. And I, I feel like even growing up, you know, you knew Solange, but you knew she was like, like you know, Beyonce's little sister. What is she doing? That's, you know, that's not black. That's weird. Weird. And then you're trying, you're kind of like running from yourself and saying that, especially as a creative yes. black person. Um, and I think her coming full, I think she accepted herself more before all of us accepted it obviously and that's great and and to see that is is uh inspirational not you know and yeah I feel like this whole movement I feel like these groups around that have have followed suit um she's also drawing from her her inspirations for her videos for her art that she uses is from artists that I've followed for like at least 10 years and she's using them in main and mainstream. I can't believe she's like mainstream now, but she's using them in mainstream and it's, it's great. It's her acceptance of her push of black art is um, really amazing. And her and like Melina, Melina, I'd love to work with too. She's yep. the director of insecure, like um, the way she uses color Mm. is the way that I, I like to emulate in my work. So, yeah. so those two, Melina those two. and Solange. I have to say, I absolutely adore Solange and I have done for a number of years now. I just absolutely love the way that she just owns her, she owns her space. She doesn't care. Yeah. You know, she's not trying definitely. to follow anyone. She's not trying to be her sister. She's definitely not trying to do that. And, uh, you know, she's, she's the most quirkiest of individuals. Uh, she's stunning. Uh, she's, she's a chameleon in her style, her hair, her, her video, her art, her artistry. 
absolutely love her. So um, we are aligned there. So like most creatives, our creations are like our babies. Do you have any favorites among your collection of work? Yes, I have one with the Confederate flag. Okay. That's my favorite and I'm never selling it. (laughs) It's one where this woman is burning the Confederate flag. And yeah, it's like a fashion girl. It's on my Instagram somewhere. She's a fashion girl, but she's, she's burning my burning the confederate flag anyway yeah i'm never selling now that's my favorite and so it's hanging like above my bed no yeah 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 can you give the texture lounge listeners and readers a sneak peek into either an upcoming project that you're working on um or you're going to work on or something that you're working on now that we can anticipate from you that you can share i did the essence girl so they'll be coming out Ooh. in the next three weeks. They're new. Nice. New Essence Girls. So they'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks. And hopefully I'm working with, um, I'm doing, I'm like finalizing contracts on working with them, working with Essence um, at the festival to do like at the festival. some awesome. dinner, dinner, like, I don't know, something like that. But, but the girls I'm really excited about, so they'll be like on billboards and, they have names this year and they have a story. They're like little Barbies. They're so cute. Cute. Anyway. <laughs> cute. Because you, you did work with Essence before. You've done girls for them maybe a few years ago now. I forget which year. Is that yeah. Right? Yeah. Actually, I did them 2015. And uh-huh. uh, 2016, they used them again, which I was like, the same girls? Oh. Really? Yeah. Um, so this year, they're like, we want some new girls. And I was like, good. That's gotcha. good. That's good. But yeah, I used to work at Essence um, when I first got out of school. So Oh, you did? Okay. That's home. Yeah, it's like home for me. It's Essence. Yeah. What did you do specifically with Essence then? I was, was working, actually I was working a lot on the Essence uh, Music Festival. I was um, working in the advertising graphic design department. Got so it. I was a designer. Designer. Gotcha. Now you're mm-hmm. doing your own thing. Love yeah. That. Yeah. But I, I mean, they're great to me. I contract with them a lot. So it's like, they're really good. To me. Yeah, they are a great team. Yeah. A great team. I've worked with them um, myself for Mazzani. Um, they've always been a pleasure to work with. Yeah. So what do you do to unwind? Oh, I work out. I... But I do that to keep my sanity more than relax. Um, <laughs> what do I do to relax? Hmm. I'm I paint to relax. To be honest, it's weird. Interesting. Okay. Not paint for, actually, yeah, not paint for people, but paint, paint to for just yourself. Get outside. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that people are actually shocked when they come to my apartment. There's a lot of stuff I've never posted. I just have and right it was for me but not for anybody else and um remember when I had a gallery show like I brought he, he was like we need 30 pieces like, when I brought him like eight and I was like I don't have 30 pieces and he's like well can I come to your studio and I was like I uh, guess <laughs> and he came and he like literally pulled out like 80 pieces <laughs> he's like how oh, do you not have God. 30 
Um, I'm just really, really critical. But because the times when I sit down and just paint for myself, relaxing, I don't consider them pieces. Just, but he mm-hmm. did. So, so um, yeah, I do do it. I do do that to relax. And I have a glass of wine. And you can probably tell in my work that I love wine. So, well, like you already know, I have the portrait that you. Um, that you illustrated called Done, which is that image of yes. the, the lady flat out on a couch or a bed with a, with a glass of wine. I love it. It's framed. It's yeah. in my bedroom. I love it. <laughs> one yes, of my favorites. It's very me. I did that like after work one day where I was just like, I am so over this. And I just, <sighs> yeah, that was like right after work when I was working. I was like nine o'clock at night. I was like, this is terrible. This is where I want to be. So that's funny. I think we mm-hmm. all have those nights. We all have those nights when yeah. we come back from work and we're like, over it, I am done, give me a glass of wine. That was very, like, legit. Like, I was just like, see, that's why I need real-world experiences, especially for inspiration. Yeah. You got to go out yeah. and live so that so you can true. come back like, okay, <laughs> this is this is how I'm feeling. I got to express this really quick. Yeah. All right, so let's turn back the hands of time, okay? So if you could wipe the slate clean and start all over again, what is the one thing that you would change? The one thing I would change would be... I would have... Now, see, it's hard because I say that all the time, but I would have gone straight to art school instead of going, because I went to, like, a traditional undergrad and majored in art history and studio. Right. And I was, like, I didn't do anything with that, because in grad school, I went to graphic design school, and then I went straight into working for magazines. So I would say I would go straight to art school. But I feel like my practice um, is so much, I feel like my, my undergraduate liberal education, liberal arts education, gave me this basis of including history and social issues into my work. Mm. But I don't know yeah. if I would have had, had I gone directly to art school. I could have, but I feel like having to sit in that space and write papers and talk about things was beneficial to where I am now. Um, I would have said I would go straight into illustration, but I feel like the, my illustration inspiration came from working in magazines all those years. Right. So I'm really not sure I would do anything. Everything happens for a reason, right? Everything <laughs> does happen for a reason. No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. But if you yeah. could go back and talk to your, if you could go back and talk to your younger self, oh, if you had the opportunity, yeah. what would you say to young Debs? <laughs> I would say you can make a career as an artist. So stop. So do not go to school for law. (laughs) Mm. Do not waste your first two years in law classes. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I did that. I was a, I was a pre-law student. Um, I didn't know any artists. I didn't know art to be a career. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know anybody. My, my dad's an accountant. My mom's a doctor. They didn't know either. They're like, mm. well, you can always, even though my mom's super supportive, she was just like, you can always paint on the side, you know? Like, it was like, you can be you can be a lawyer so that you have money to support yourself to paint. And I'm like, uh. yeah, I can do that. So <laughs> that was 
the goal. And I like interned at law offices. Yeah. Anyway, if I had gone back, I wouldn't have wasted money on that. And I would have told myself I can have the exact life that I want. Um, you know, I have I to say that I, I love that hearing that because I can <laughs> empathize with that. I grew up in a family where, you know, being a doctor would be nice or a lawyer or an engineer. But my yep. passion was actually music. And there was no one in my family, you know, or generations above that understood that music could be a career. And, um, you know, I actually ended up going down the path of, you know, wanting to be a doctor and then wanting to be a dentist and then wanting to be uh, an optician or an optometrist even. And then realized that I'm I'm not doing this because I really want to. I'm doing it to to please my family. I want to do music. So... Long story Uh short is I actually ended up um, going to university to study music technology. And then I did a master's in music business management and then ended up at (laughs) L'Oreal. Oh, my God. Um, So random. But however, I did miss a bit. So I did work at Universal Music for about four to five years before uh, moving over to to L'Oreal. But like you say, everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. And... Yeah, I was I was pre-law. I still I'm still a little different than normal artists, I think, because I'm so into contracts. Like I've read so many like art law True. books, and I like yeah, and it's good. It's like I peruse my like I'm my aunt's a lawyer, so I get her to like review everything, and we discuss everything. And I'm like, but what's this clause mean? But what are we doing? Like, like yeah. Anyway, so the that happened for a reason too. Awesome. <laughs> so, um, I, I think everything happens the way it's supposed to, which is kind of weird and scary. Cause you definitely don't think that, but, um, I was art history cause I was, and even when I graduated, I'm like, well, I can still go to law school with art history, you know? And, mm. um, I was going to take a year off to, from undergrad to law, see what I wanted to do and thank God for girlfriends. Cause they were like. <laughs> you cannot go to law school. You need to go to school for magazine layouts. That's all you did in undergrad. And I was like, that's a school? There's a school for that? Yeah. <laughs> so, and then my friend handed me an application to, to Parsons and in the story. Yes. So, um, friends, friends led me where I needed to go. What does success look like to you? Success looks like to me, I can create whatever I want. Um, and live a comfortable life. I, I'm not, you know, chasing a ton of money. I, I'm extremely simple. Like I don't, I hate stopping. I hate it. I live a very simple life and, and I, I love that. And I want to be able to just dedicate all of my time into creating whatever I want. And yeah, that's a successful thing for me being able to create all day and just uh, get paid for it, maintain my lifestyle. Now, what would you say was your highest high of your career so far? Um, I loved being at the Essence last year. Okay. Um, I would walk around and, and 
because I was live painting at uh, for Beauty Box, I was in Beauty Box, and when I was yeah. walking around and I was exhausted, I was carrying all my stuff because I was, it was hard. It was hard work, let me tell you, but <laughs> it was so worth it. And just being stopped at Essence Fest, that was crazy yeah. to me. Like being stopped and recognized and people are like, can I get a picture with you? And I'm like, for what? Aww. Anyway, um, yeah, that was crazy. So that was a high, just just uh, being, talking to people who really like my work in person yeah. was definitely a high. And your lowest low? Oh, whew. there's some, I would say last fall, right after Insecure, to be honest. Um, I didn't know what path I wanted to go in uh, with my work. I didn't feel inspired. And yeah, it just wasn't. And I, I had lost, like, one of my, I, I do graphic design on the side, and I had lost one of my uh, steady income gigs. And I was oh, like, gotcha. what, how? So the security wasn't there anymore, so I'm falling completely on my illustration. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to work. I'm really scared. And... Mm. I wasn't inspired to create. I just felt like everything just fell apart. And then I got another job. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but it was, it was really like a month there. It was like a month where yeah. I was, you know, just kind of freaking out about my, not that I didn't have savings or anything, but I was freaking out like, how did I think this was going to work? Like, right. why was I so different? Yeah. Why was I so dependent on that? Why did that job hurt me so much? I shouldn't be afraid just because I lost that one job. Like it was, it, right. it was like, how did I set myself up this way? But it worked out. I, I something came, and that's why I was like, it's all been like kind of luck and magic, and I don't know. Some, somebody's looking out for me. So I'm lucky. What advice can you give the world of aspiring artists out there who are starting out in their careers, looking for that all important break? I don't think you can look for it. I mean, I, I think this is controversial, like, opinion. I think I actually mm-hmm. had this conversation with a business friend of mine yesterday who was like, yeah, you can look for it. So you mean, you got to push yourself in front of people. And yeah. I was like, I personally think, like, I, I'm, um, I gravitate for art that feels organic from the person and feels like it's from the person's heart and it has the concepts behind it that the person believes in and it's not necessarily being pushed in my face. I, but it's there, but it's, I would just say to share your, don't be afraid to share your work every single day. Um, and we can do that on social media. We can do that on, on everything now. Like we have so, so many tools. So, share it um but in terms of your big break I I just know the best things come to me when I'm not looking for them when I'm just focusing on my work that's when the best uh, deals come to me but yeah good fair enough mm-hmm. fair enough so share your work and use yes. social media as a tool to do that yeah mm-hmm 
So for, for all those women and men out there who have got textured hair that doubt their place in their world because of what they look like or their uniqueness, what message do you want to give them today? I want to tell them that they are, obviously tell them they're beautiful, but we're forming our own mold and, and of what's acceptable, what's original, what's beautiful. I feel like the community for acceptance for natural hair is so big and so inspiring and so much fun that it would be a disservice to yourself to not jump on. Like, I feel like it's just, it's, to be authentically yourself, it's so freeing. So don't conform and, and do whatever you want. What is the legacy that you want to leave in this world? Like when all is said and done, what is the stamp that you want to to make sure everyone leaves with? I want people to have to question things, to question the images that they see and what they're taking in, and how it's um, contributing or not contributing to their self-image. Okay, so look, we're now at the cool blast round. So okay. this is where I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Okay. And you're going to fire back your answers as quickly as possible. Keep them short. So one word or one phrase. Okay. And uh, I think it should be a little bit of fun. Okay, cool. Name someone who inspired or inspires you and that you are dying to meet, apart from Solange. Wangeshi Mutu. What was your dream job as a child? Animator. What are the top three items you could not work without? A mechanical pencil, a paintbrush, a flat paintbrush, and my Windsor Newton watercolor. What do you want to see more of in this world? Acceptance. And what do you want to see less of? Pretension. Name a piece of technology you could not live without. My Wacom tablet. And name your favorite hair product. Herbal Essences Hello Hydration. Favorite makeup product? L'Oreal True Match W7. Oh, True Match. Okay, got it. What is the best way for our listeners to keep up with what you're doing? My Instagram, Deborah Cartwright. And where can they shop your work? My Etsy. There's a link on my page. Final question. Finish this sentence. If in doubt. If in doubt. Do it. <laughs> If in doubt, do it. Deborah, thank you so much for sharing yourself with the Texture Lounge fun. and for being our very first muse. Super excited. You've been such a ray of sunshine 